Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome, Chelsea and Arsha fans, to a special cross episode of the 49 Undefeated and Blue is the Colour podcast. I am Kevin Byrne, I'm the Transfers Editor for Football.London, and I'll be your host today. I'm joined by Oliver Harbord, who's our Chelsea writer. Good afternoon, how are you? And also joined by Charles Watts, our Arsenal writer for the day. Hello chaps, how are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad. Good, good. How are you guys getting on? Yeah, very good. Very good. Looking forward to Sunday. Indeed. Get back to Wembley. Yeah. Good memories. <laughs> good short term memories. <laughs> so, uh, so some better recent memories for Charlie than for, for Ali. Uh, obviously, the big game is Chelsea Arsenal. It's the. What used to be the curtain raiser on the season is now kind of demoted to not quite a real game anymore. Um, but w- what are you guys thinking? How do you feel going into the game, Ali? Um, I think that Chelsea have not had the best pre-season, has to be said. I think this is a big match for them, actually. Um, not as much as winning silverware. I don't think that's really the, the aim, is not to win the Community Shield, but it's to put in a decent performance and actually have a few of the squad members that maybe didn't perform quite so well out in, out in the Far East to stake a claim. Um, you know, they've still got a few issues going on from what's happened over pre-season, some signings that still need to embed into the team. And it really is actually quite a cu- crucial game going into the first game of the season. I think they need to they need to put in a good performance. If they lose, they lose. If it's a bad performance and they lose, then there will be some question marks about what's going on at the moment. So heading into this game, do you think it's a good chance for Arsenal to get an early win over a big rival? Well, I think so. I think you always want to beat, uh, beat your rivals. I think with Arsenal, they lost a couple of community shields have done very well. They beat Man City... They haven't managed City well a few years ago, three 0 and then they beat Chelsea obviously last time with uh, obviously Chamberlain's goal. But played really well that game, and everyone thought oh, we're going to win the title. And then next week they went and lost at home to West Ham on the opening day of the season. So it doesn't. Yeah. I don't think it's it, there's too much importance on it. I think for Arsenal it's been a mixed pre-season. Obviously it got absolutely you know, turned over by Chelsea in, in China comfortably, so deservedly. So um, that was the one real sort of down point, and they lost to Sevilla at the weekend even though they still got their hands on the Emirates Cup <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on that <laughs> it's our, tra- our tournament we can do what we want <laughs> obviously uh, um, uh, so there's been a couple of defeats it's been a little bit a little bit mixed but but yeah I mean this is the last game now I think everyone wants to sort of step it up and put in a decent performance so um, so yeah I think it's, it's definitely an important game do you think both coaches are still looking at it as the pre-season it's not it doesn't hold the same prestige that it used to because of course Koscielny and Moses are both eligible neither of them are suspended despite when the league starts they'll both be out um, do you think it's maybe a chance for younger players like uh, Jeremy Boga or Reese Nelson to get, a, to get a run out yeah I absolutely do I think it's I think for Conte it's definitely um, part of the pre-season plans not not really as much as a competitive game um, you know they've still had injuries they've got Hazard out Bakayoko's not likely to play uh, Morata's only made one start. Rudiger's played what 20, 25 minutes of a game, um, so there's definitely some issues there. I think when it comes to the youngsters, I mean, he's already sort of said that youngsters will be on the bench. I think we'll likely see Boga, we'll see Masonda. I don't think we'll see the likes of Kyle Scott, but you'll see the likes of Lewis Baker probably on the bench as well. Um, and that's just sort of a sign of how thin the squad is at the moment. Really, they've got 17 outfield players, 
that's making up the team at the moment. You know, he, he talked about the fact that the three preseason games they played in the Far East, they had the same eleven basically. Uh, you know, here and there there was a couple of changes, but basically the same team. Um, so there are some issues there that he wants to sort out, and for him, this is the last real preseason game that they can sort of make those changes. Do you think it's Chelsea fans should be worried, or is this just Conte trying to? trying to get through to his players that this is the team that he wants and this is how he wants them to play no I wouldn't say they need to be worried as yet I mean the season hasn't started yet so <laughs> I think you know you're never you're never really sh- sure are you I mean when the first game comes around everyone f- instantly forgets about pre-season don't they really yeah um, there are definitely still issues there absolutely but you know I don't think it's necessarily a, a time to be worried and, and sort of looking around and, and scared of what's going on at the moment Charlie do you think that there are things that Arsenal can learn from the game in Beijing that they can already implement, what, two, three weeks after? To fend better. That was pretty <laughs> better from that game in Beijing. Um, I mean, there were it was sort of issues with uh, over their sort of illness and everything like that. The defence wasn't exactly strong, but you've got Mustafi back now. He could well feature, possibly not, but Chambers um, holding. They're, they're looking stronger in that regard. I don't think you'll see as open a defence as you saw that day in uh, in Beijing. I mean, they're very, very poor defence. I didn't think they were that bad. Going forward. They could easily got something at the other end, but um, just every time Chelsea went forward, they were, they were going to score. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, that, I think that's a big thing. It's just to, to improve defensively, and I think they will. I think you'll see much more of a similar sort of performance to the one they produced in the FA Cup final rather than the one they produced in, uh, in Beijing. I think what you'll find from the Beijing game as well, you were finding an Arsenal team right at the end of their tour. They'd had a pretty long two yeah. weeks and they in Australia and then Shanghai and then Beijing. Uh, and then you find in Chelsea that at the very beginning of their tour, and you know they looked fresh. They looked like they were sort of up for it straight away. And, and as Chelsea showed throughout the rest of the tour, that they got s- gradually more sluggish as the tour went on. So I think that was maybe it had a big factor in it. So I wouldn't personally, I, I wouldn't read too much into what happened in Beijing um, for what might happen on Sunday. Although obviously, as you say, Arsenal need to sort out what happened defensively, but then Chelsea have to do the same thing as well. Do those pre-season tours out to Australia and to, to the Far East, is that the right kind of preparation that teams need going into a, a big season? Not really. Arsene Wenger would absolutely love not to do it. He's freely admitted that. You know, yeah. he, he, His perfect pre-season was taken over to Austria, getting prepared that way, away from the spotlight, just play a couple of team from local farmers and, and things like that and just get that's what he did and you know they'd win 8 9 nil in those games but you know barely break sweat but it was just what he did it was his he'd always done that sort of preparation and I'm, you know he's, he's, he's broken now to all the pressure being put on him from above money commercial deals blah 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 and so yeah I mean he is definitely not ideal I mean they were they, like like Ollie said they were knackered at the end of that and um so yeah, it's, I don't think it's ideal, but it's modern modern football. Hey? We've got a player about himself for two hundred million, so we all know that <laughs> we all know for well that money talks at the end of the day now. Yeah, it's exactly the same with Chelsea. I don't think they really want to be out there, but they know that they have to these days, and it's going to happen every year. I mean, you know, we know that Chelsea are heading off to Perth next year as well. Already in the summer, that's already booked in. Um, sort of that's at the end of a World Cup as well. They've got that at the end of July. They'll probably be out there for a week or so, and and so no, it's really not ideal for players. I mean, you know, they they fly around in pretty comfortable conditions and you know nice hotels and stuff. But 
as Charles rightly says, they'd much rather go somewhere in Europe, play a few European teams, and have that sort of preparation rather than flying out. But it's not going to happen. I've, you know, for years now, it's going to be either Far East tours or it's going to be Australia tours or American tours. Even those fancy jets. I mean, these still—it's the, the time difference. I mean, it really takes their toll. Even on those jets, you talk to the players over there, and they're shattered. Even though, you know, yeah, yeah they're gone and not sitting on cattle uh, truck like we are back, <laughs> <laughs> back end of the plane cattle glass cattle glass yeah sitting in there uh, nice comfy basically beds out there but it's still it's just it takes so long to adjust like, by the time the end of my week in Australia I was still struggling completely waking up in the middle of the night barely getting any sleep and, mm. and you know, it takes its toll on the body it's really not ideal for an elite sportsman yeah I think, it, I think it was worse for Arsenal than it was for Chelsea over pre-season because they're you know they're going to Australia and it was pretty cold out there wasn't it and they, I think Wenger talked about this and then going to Shanghai and it was boiling hot in Shanghai yeah. and then going to Beijing where it was still pretty hot as well and I think you know as you said before you know you had Giroud in illness um, Mertesacker was ill Kolasinic was ill I think Walcott was suffering as well I think Arsenal struggled in their pre-season tour more than Chelsea did but it does take its toll on them and it's, it's just not the best preparation I don't think at all You guys briefly touched on it the fact that the reason that they go so far out is to get all that money because we're seeing bigger and bigger transfer fees all the time. Mm. Both the clubs have broken their transfer f- fees this season for Lacazette and Morata. Mm. Who do you think is going to get more goals this season? <laughs> Ooh, Lacazette. Really? Um, Charlie says Lacazette. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm supposed to say Morata straight away. Uh, I think uh, that's a really tough one to do. Um, I, I think there are, some, there, there are, again, there's some few issues around Morata. Firstly, that he's never been the number one striker. And the way that Batshuayi played over pre-season, will he be instantly the number one striker? That's sort of still up in the air. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Batshuayi does start on on Sunday. I just there are some there are some question marks over Morata, and he's got a very Torres-like. Uh, I've said the T word there. He's got a very oh, Torres why uh, why. Uh, sort of style of play as well a little bit he's sort of the way I was watching him run a little bit in the games and you're like god he does look like Torres uh, so hopefully <laughs> he doesn't have that sort of impact at Chelsea I still do think he'll score quite a few goals um, but I'm, I'm not judging him quite yet I'm not totally sold on Morata I've got to say I think he's a decent striker I just don't see him as a I don't see him as a, an improvement on Diego Costa I definitely think Chelsea are weaker by getting by having Morata up front rather than Diego Costa I can't see how he's an improvement in the team um, so I, I do think like Arsene Wenger was talking about Chelsea today in his press conference and he, he's compared the two and even he he said you know, goals wise it's probably not going to get as many as Costa but he also had to deal set more up and he's that sort of provider as well as a, as a goal scorer so I'm not I'm not convinced Chelsea are as strong going forward now by that by the wherever Costa goes we presume in Atletico when, he, when the deal does go through um, than they are they were at the start of uh, last season because of that and I just think Lacazette. I think he's he's a lethal finisher. I know you're not the biggest fan, Kev, of, uh, no. of our club record signing. Um, but I just and so far I, I haven't been overly impressed with him. What I've seen in in pre-season, but he's had two. He's had three chances, I think, in front of goal, and he scored two of them. And the, and the one he missed was a decent. It wasn't really a miss. It was a very good save by the goalkeeper. Um, but he stuck to it away, and I think that's that's it with him. If he gets chances, he will score. 75-80% of them and you get a lot of chances as a striker at Arsenal so I'll be surprised if if he doesn't it might take him a couple of months to really adjust but I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't doesn't impress in his first season Do you think he's going to start right from the beginning? I think he will yeah I'll be surprised I think Giroud's had a very very good summer and um, yeah. he's really 
shown he's almost had a point to prove. Well, he has had a point to prove, and um, I think he's had a very good summer. But I think when it when it comes to it, I think he might start. The only issue is the adjustment time. Like when Robert Pires came, Arsene Mega he slowly bedded him in. He, the first game at Sunderland, he just sat him on the bench and said, "Watch, watch what happens." And Pires was terrified. <laughs> after, after seeing that, but um, say so he might, maybe the first couple of weeks he might, he might give him a bit of a watching role. Well, I'd be surprised. I think, I think he starts on starts on Sunday. How about Morata, do you think he's going to be? We we spoke about it last week on the Chelsea podcast. I I felt like he was going to be eased in a bit more. You were more confident he'd be thrown in at the deep end. Mm. I think watching it over pre-season, I'm a little bit more cautious about what might happen to him. Um, you know, he started out on the left. The, the game he started against Inter, he started on the left. Um, you know, quite there was some there were some nice moments when he was linking up with Batshuayi, which was quite nice to see. But more and more as the game went on, he sort of faded out of it, and he was pushed out more to the left than he would. And that's not where he wants to play, and that's not where he should be playing. That's not what he was bought for. He was bought as an out and out centre forward. But at the moment, you know, Batshuayi really, you got to say, holds the holds the starting starting shirt because. He's the one who's performed over pre-season. He scored two against Fulham. He scored two against uh, Arsenal. He scored one against Bayern as well. You know, he's, he's the guy that's really he should be staking his claim for the for the team. So, I think it would be um, harsh on Batshuayi not to start on Sunday. Um, it might give Morata more of a chance to ease into the game. I'd like to see them start together. I think you know with Hazard out, maybe the chance to play a three-five-two and get them playing up front together, and maybe Willian or Pedro or whoever playing just behind them. Um, or even Fabregas playing just behind behind the two of them if Bakayoko is fit, but that's probably not going to happen. But so maybe a Willian. Um, but I just think it's it's, it's going to take a little time. I think um, if he if he comes out with an instant reaction, then then I think that will be a bonus for Chelsea fans because at the moment they're probably seeing maybe a maybe just slightly see how it goes for the time being. I think Arsenal defenders would prefer to play against uh, Morata than Batshuayi. Uh, Batshuayi is the sort of player who can really cause problems against Arsenal, certainly if Mertesacker starts. Um, he's got really good movement, he, he sort of gets in between the lines, gets on the, last, last, on the shoulder of the last man. I, I think I think Arsenal would prefer to play against Morata, certainly a Morata who's still finding his feet. So, mm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd Go with exactly what Ollie's saying. I haven't watched all of Chelsea, but I have been very impressed by Batshuayi yeah. from what I've seen. I mean, he was yeah. great against Arsenal. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Great goals. Yeah. Are these two entirely different teams than Mash last May? Then um, Chelsea, not so much defensively. Um, you know, I expect pretty much the same back three to start as what did. Obviously, Moses will start and Alonso will start. Um, you know, it'll be Fabregas and Kante in the middle, no doubt. Um, I think the only question mark is the centre forward. Uh, you know, obviously there's no Hazard, which is always a big miss. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't say it's it's exactly the same side, but it's probably more similar to to what I would expect Arsenal's maybe to be. Because I think maybe they might throw in a few youngsters. I mean, I like to see Reese Nelson start because I think he's looked it's, unbelievable over the pre-season. Big, well, the big question is over Reese Nelson. Really, um, he deserves to start. Mm. He's been undoubtedly the star of Arsenal mm. summer, absolutely hands down. And even today at the open training session, I'm sure a lot of people listening would have probably seen this goal because it's been shared to death on social media already. And I was right in front of him when he scored it, and. It, it was just. I was so glad it got it, someone caught it on camera actually because I, I tried to describe it and <laughs> it, it's just fabulous. Go, it's outrageous little bit of skill and that's what he's been like all summer. He's just fearless. He'll just try anything, and at the moment, what he's trying is coming off. So, um, I'd love to see him start, but mm. I think given it's Chelsea, given it's the last game before the before the season starts, I imagine Hector Bellerin's going to get a nod at right wing back, and we'll see Reese Nelson um, sitting on the bench. I think it'll be involved. I think it'll definitely mm. feature, but. Um, but yeah, I imagine Bellerin will start, and um, obviously 
difference from difference from the cup final collapse natural start at the left back, left wing back role. I imagine it was Ox, wasn't it, in the cup final playing over there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He had a lot of joy down that left side. Yeah. Yeah. He did. Yeah. I know Kalasnach looks fantastic as well, and in the Emirates Cup on Saturday, he was great. He came over with a reputation for assists and getting forward as a, as a left wing back, and he certainly showed that against um, uh, Benfica on the Saturday of the Emirates Cup. So I think he'll play. He's absolutely going in my fancy team this year. <laughs> I think he's, he's a points machine in the waiting yeah. allows an actual though not many clean sheet bonuses well the Ox had a good game as well because Moses had a shocker in the FA Cup final just, a, just yeah. an all round shocker which um, <laughs> you know he didn't do a lot last season to be fair to Moses I still think there's an opportunity for them to upgrade in that position um, you know there's definitely more out and out right backs who could probably play in a wing back role but um, you know I think it'll be it should be a different Chelsea the way they uh, the way they sort of play than they did against um Arsenal in the FA Cup final they can't play any worse than they did on that day so um, so hopefully they'll be a bit more up for it this time around but yeah as you, as you were talking about youngsters as well it'll be interesting to see a few of the Chelsea youngsters if they can yeah. get a go Do you think we're going to see Alexis Sanchez on Sunday? I'd be very surprised if we don't he was, he was in full training today I, I was expecting him to be you know, jogging around the side of the pitch with fitness coach but he was he took part from the very first whistle he was in full training with everyone and he looked fit he looked sharp I saw him score a couple of lovely goals he was already shouting at his teammates for not passing the ball and getting frustrated as Alexis Sanchez always does um, so yeah I think he absolutely definitely will be involved up will he start maybe it'll give him half an hour but um, to try and get him ready for the Leicester game but I think he'll, he will certainly see Alexis on, on, on Sunday Chelsea totally given up on that front then on Alexis um, I think it's pretty much come from the Arsenal end, doesn't it? That they're just really unwilling to sell to any Premier League club. I mean, they obviously looks like they're unwilling to sell to anyone, let alone let alone a Premier League club. I think that Chelsea going in for Sanchez is probably on the back burner now. I'd say, you know, there's, they've got other targets in mind, but the, you know, there is this thing about the homegrown quota as well. They need to sort out because they they don't have a lot of homegrown players now that Chalobah's left and uh, Ayana's on loan and Loftus Cheeks on loan and Ake's left as well. Who's sort of Dean is a homegrown player. Even Begovic. Yeah, Begovic as well. I mean, all the all these players that are going out. There's talk of Christensen as well being loaned out. So there are, um, you know, there are those sort of issues, which is why the likes of Barkley, Drinkwater, for example, and Oxley Chamberlain have come in. I think they've got more chance probably of signing Oxley Chamberlain than they do Alexis Sanchez. So I think that's probably if they were going to target one Arsenal player, I think the Ox is where they're going to go for rather than Sanchez yeah I was not going to I mean they're not going to sell Sanchez well, I don't actually, I should not <laughs> say that I'm backtracking now because I'll end up with a complete egg on my face 18 but. minutes into the podcast and he said it so uh, I, remember that for I'd everyone. be stunned he's been so adamant Arsene Wenger he's just not changed his stance all summer and uh, again today he, he's been adamant before though he has but this one is just <laughs> so adamant and like today he just said again it's, I've made my decision it's as simple as that and he has to respect that and he, he's Absolutely, said it, and I, I think it's the it's the, the right decision from Arsenal. They're rolling in cash now. The other the situations when they sold Van Persie, they sold Nasri, Fabregas, Adebayo, the list goes on. But they're in a different financial situation to what they're in now. They can afford to lose fifty million. As flippant as that sounds, it's they're not struggling financially. And if and they believe with Sanchez, they've got a very good chance of getting back into the top four. Where basically, you earn your money that fifty million back next season just from qualifying for that anyway. So financially maybe it's a bit risk and reward but they've come to the conclusion that look, if we get rid of Sanchez we're not going to finish top four and that's the right conclusion to come to because they won't Arsenal they absolutely need Sanchez to get back into that top four and if he does stay and help them then they kind of get their money back anyway on that and it's, it's good from Arsenal it's what it's, it's what we've wanted to see as fans obviously you'd rather him keep 
sign a new contract and stay, but at least they're not they're not rolling over in this one, and they're actually standing firm and keeping him for another year. So, and oh, I think it's absolutely the right decision. Be, can you imagine selling him to Chelsea? Or Manchester? Be absolutely brilliant. <laughs> imagine <laughs> selling him to one of to one of your the rivals. Move. It would just be, it would be the worst PR goal. It, on an already frustrated and split fan base. It'd be quite amazing though for, for if something like that did happen to see the mood change of Chelsea fans because at the moment there is this worry of their business is not quite going according to plan. Obviously they've yeah. you know they've signed four players now but one is injured, one is only 20 well he's sorry only 22 Bakayoko Rudiger is still young as well and there's question marks over him. Morata is obviously untested really at a sort of starting striker level and the other one was just a second choice goalkeeper so there is these issues and you know going to the press conferences over in the Far East you could definitely get this sense from Conte that he was just a little bit tetchier than he'd usually be that things weren't quite as happy than they have been over the past sort of you know eight months nine whatever however long he's been in charge almost well now 12 months in charge it's um, there are definitely cracks starting to show a little bit there, and if they don't bring in the in the players that he sort of needs, then things are going to go a little bit from bad to worse. So getting the likes in from Sanchez in would just be an unbelievable um, sort of coup, if you like. But I just don't see it happening. Do you think Chelsea can compete for the title this season? On the squads, on the squad levels they have at the moment, I would say. I don't want to say no straight away, um, but <laughs> I think it'll be. A re- I was about to. I think it'll be a real, real struggle. That's me being diplomatic about it. I do think squad numbers, especially if you look in central midfield now, they've, got, they've just got Fabregas, Bakayoko, and Kante. That's it. Um, you know, and last season they didn't have to compete in, the, in Europe. Now they're competing on four fronts. Uh, it's going to be a real test if they don't bring in a couple more players of quality, uh, and I think they will. If they get off to a bad start, especially, then they they will struggle to to keep up the rest. I think. Why why is it with the transfers and why why haven't they come in? Is it a case of just not being able to get the targets, or is Roman keeping the purse strings? Well, the Lukaku situation was a pretty pretty bad example of. I mean, the Lukaku situation was more about the fact that they just weren't willing to pay the the agents' fees, and that was the difference between them and United. You know, United were willing to pay what Riola wanted. Chelsea were going well. We're not going to be bullied by it. The amount of money was actually the same. Generally, I mean, obviously Chelsea came in a little bit after than um, than than um, United did, but so that that didn't work out in the way. Um, obviously, they thought Danny Alves was was one that they could get as well, and he snubbed both them and City to go to PSG. So that was the thing with the Carl Walker situation as well, and they came in too late for that. Um, they're just making it. It seems from the outside like they're just making little blunders here and there, that are, which means they're not really getting their the situations that they want. The Alexandro situation as well is now one that's been dragging on for ages and you just want them to throw the money at it and go, look, this player can really change the dimension of the side. He can really be a game changer for them. Just go and get the player and yet still back and forth negotiations going on for ages and I think it's just frustrating a lot of people. Well, even the the Bakayoko situation, that dragged on for... Mm. He'd had a medical and then he didn't have a medical and then he'd had the medical but it was kept secret. Yeah, and then he's coming back for a second medical. That dragged on for about a month longer than it felt like it needed to. Yeah, absolutely, and it opened them up again to more. To you know, United were on the edge of of maybe signing him as well, and it's just it's just opening them up to these sort of other clubs coming in and basically poaching them right under the nose. And that's what happened with Lukaku. You know, the whole summer it was Lukaku's going to come to Chelsea. He wants to come to Chelsea, and I think at times you know he did want to return to Chelsea, and 
they just let it drag on and, and United took their chance and, and now they've got a player that you know is going to score goals in the Premier League and instead you're stuck with a striker who is a very good striker but you still don't know what if he's going to provide what you what you want so it's it's not been the ideal uh, summer I've got to say um, I think with other players going as well the likes of Loftus-Cheek going Chalaba going Ake going I think it's uh, it's got a few fans backs up so far so what's the difference then between that kind of a saga with the Lukaku incident and Arsenal's ongoing saga with Thomas Lamar? Yeah, well, the Lamar one's fr- uh, frustrating. Well, the thing with Lamar is it doesn't feel like it's absolutely essential with, with Alexis staying. It feels like Lamar, if he does sign it, be one to sort of you can look at for the next few years. He's 21 years old. He'll come in, possibly not even start at the moment, and but can bed in and be there long-term replacement for Alexis if he is going to stay for another year so I don't think it's absolutely essential that Arsenal get him now um, because Alexis is going to stay you've still got Alexis on the left-hand side who if, if Lamar's in and Alexis in you're still going to start Alexis pretty much every game aren't you um, so I don't think it's that essential maybe that's why they're a little bit reluctant to to go the extra mile and really whack down 60 million rather than the 45 that they're currently offering but I think they will still try and get him I think you're going to see at least one more bid go in it just depends on a Monaco changing their stance be how much they're going to offer because I think they did 45 million last time which is not enough they've sold Mendy for 52 million I think you've got to, you've got to be looking at 60 million to tempt them into business and see what is Lamar's attitude going to be in the final month for the transfer window if Mbappe has indeed asked to leave and does go then suddenly if you're Lamar you're looking around the changing room Mendy's gone who's your best mate Mbappe's gone um, Bernardo Silva's gone Bakayoko's gone you're pretty much half the last season's tight when his squad has departed and you're and you're stuck there and will that force him to really try and engineer a move away and start kicking up a fuss so I think that's going to run and run that one but I don't think it's um it's over by a long shot but it's just not doesn't feel like it's absolutely essential like Arsenal have to get him to keep their hopes of the season alive just because you've got Alexis there anyway Can I ask you the same question you asked Ali do you think Arsenal with this current squad come in the league? No no, Arsenal. I'd, I'd be sorry. I hope I'm wrong. I'd be fantastic if I'm wrong, but I'd, I'd be very surprised. I think Man City, Man City are too strong. I think Chelsea, man for man, over the course of the season, will probably be too strong, even with a slightly smaller squad. And I'd just be surprised. I think you're looking at Arsenal this season, haven't fallen out of the Champions League this year. I think the key thing is to try and get yourself back there, get yourself back competing with the best. And then go on. And I think United this year as well. Yeah, you know, we really have strong. to look at United because they've got the striker they want. You know they've brought in Lindelof, who's not great, but defensively they weren't bad anyway. That wasn't really where their issue lied. So, you know they've still got the likes of Eric Bay, who I think is a quality defender. Um, and now they've got Matic as well from Chelsea. And that, you know, even though I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Matic's. You know, last season he was very inconsistent. Um, you know, he'd have great games and he'd have very very poor games, as we saw in the FA Cup. Um, but what he does do is is release Pogba to play in this more attacking role that I'm sure that they'll do. So they'll probably play the likes of Herrera and Matic together or Fellaini or whatever and, and then he can allow Pogba to link up with Lukaku and, and sort of spread a bit more around there. So I really think United are going to threat this year. And yeah, then I Liverpool as well. If they keep if they if Liverpool manage to keep hold of Coutinho, which would probably be unlikely if Neymar, if Neymar does go through. And you've got to say that Liverpool will probably be around in the mix as well. I still think with Liverpool, I just defensively, I don't mm. see them good enough to, to win the title. I think mm. they'll be, like I said, I think they'll be up at, up there in the, in the mix. But I think, like you said, for me, the two Manchester clubs going into the season as, mm. as favourites. I think Guardiola's got got the full-backs that he wanted, which were the big 
drawbacks last season. They've got a goalkeeper who can save a shot now, <laughs> which they didn't have last year. Um, and and they've obviously got a fantastic forward line, great midfield. So I think Man City will be right up there, and it's going to be a, it may well be a battle of the Manchester clubs for the title. But um, I think I think in terms of Arsenal. Getting in the top four is the, is the all important thing. It's as horrible as that sounds, and I know the Arsenal fans hate hearing it. But given what happened last year and falling out of that competition, they've just got to get themselves back there. They've got to make sure it's just a one-year absence from it, and they can get back competing at the top. Not that anyone asked, but I think Liverpool are going to crash and burn this year. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the last two Premier League champions have both been out of Europe at the time. Mm. Arsenal and are pretty much going to be out of Europe this season from the sounds of it Arsenal aren't going to be taking the Europa League very I seriously think, I don't think he's going to go, go near it to be honest I think do you think that could help oh absolutely certainly um, he even said it today he's kind of said well, at least we can just focus purely on the Premier League almost forgetting about the fact they're in the Europa League um, and it's someone actually had to bring it up that they were in fact in it <laughs> um, so I think you're basically going to see the Capital One Cup side um, play in the Europa League if, if Arsenal manage to progress and suddenly it becomes it starts looking like they could well go deep into the competition then maybe that will change and they'll start taking it a little bit more seriously but I think you'll certainly see a, a mixture of the squad players and possibly some of the youngsters in that certainly in the early rounds of that competition and that will definitely be a benefit for the Premier League Is that not a big risk though? If Arsenal get back into the Champions League next year but they go out and say the group stages of the Europa League they'll suddenly find themselves maybe down in pot three in the draw because they'll have gotten so few coefficient points this mm. year. Do you think that that's something that they need to take into account? I think they'll just be happy to get back into the Champions League, whatever pot it's in, yeah. I think they'd, be, they'd back themselves to get through the group stages, no matter what pot they go and see next season. So I, I, I just don't think so. I just, he's just not going to take it seriously. I'd be very, very surprised that the thought of playing Thursday night and dragging his players, his key players, around to God knows where in Europe on a Thursday night and getting them back in them in one shape to play say Tottenham away and if you look at the draw as well uh, the way the league fixtures have fallen I think five of the six games after the Europa League matches are on uh, away from home and um, really big games as well so nah, not for me not gonna, not gonna, he's not going to go near it OK well we're coming up to the half hour mark we're going to wrap up just before we do I'd like to get you guys to do some predictions no some yes. score no. predictions and some lineup predictions please be great uh, well, I kind of think that I don't want to do another prediction uh, after the FA Cup disaster well, prediction that for, I did. Okay, for, for those who, who might have missed it, I thought that Chelsea would win about 4-1, and I think uh, I might have five. even said 5-1 five five. at some point. Yes, thank <laughs> you for that. I remember. Um, so tr- predictions I really don't want to make, but I will d- I'll do it on the, uh, the basis that I have to. Um, I'm going to say it's going to be 2-1, but a reverse of the FA Cup final. I think Chelsea will win 2-1. There you go glorious moment that 5-1 prediction <laughs> standing on Wembley way it was just before we went into the stage of 5-1 oh, he said oh, so confident glee in his face <laughs> and then I went with 2-1 Arsenal which we all know happened uh-huh. um, does it go to penalties this weekend I don't actually know yeah it? it must do yeah, yeah, I don't think extra time there's, penalties. there's not going to be a draw on are you going for penalties I'm going for penalties I'm going oh, it'll okay. be a draw at the end of uh at the end of normal time um, extra time is it going yeah it must yeah. be yeah. And, um, and Arsenal will emerge victorious on penalties wow Wow. Okay, and who do we think are going to be the starting 11s? Oh, right, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Chris... Uh, not Chris, I was going to say Christian's there. Courtois. Um, that's, Courtois be- that's a better choice. Yeah, Cahill, um, Louise, Aspilicueta, Moses, Alonso, Fabregas, Kante. Um, I think Pedro will come back in. Um, yeah, he's we, obviously we, recovered. We saw him in training. Uh, I, think, I think Pedro, Willian, I think it'd be harsh on Batshuayi, but I think he'll start Morata. 
Uh, I think the one key thing for Arsenal, which I'm not sure about, is Koscielny because he's suspended for the league games. I wonder if he might leave Koscielny mm. out of this one and um, and just play whoever he's going to play in the league games to give him a bit of game time. But Czech will obviously start in goal. I'll, I'll say he'll leave Koscielny out. I think he'll probably go Mertzaka, um Holding and Monreal, Kalasnach left wing back, Hector right wing back, Xhaka Ramsey. I'd probably say Ozil and Awobi as the two behind Lacazette. Maybe Sanchez and Sanchez, but I imagine Sanchez will start on the bench. And Awobi's had a very good preseason, so I think he'll probably be Awobi and Ozil in those positions. Your prediction, Kev? Uh, well, thanks very much, everyone. That's all we have time for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am going to go with 2 0 to Chelsea. Mm, okay. Uh, so we'll see how that works out. Yeah, well, yeah thanks. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, concludes another joint episode of the 49 Undefeated and Blue is the Colour podcasts. Remember to check out all the coverage of the Community Shield on football.london. We'll be covering it uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on the website itself. You can follow Charlie and Ollie on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, you guys will be doing Facebook Lives from the ground, doing some build-up tomorrow as well. Ollie, you're going to the press conference, I'm which there, yeah. by the time this podcast is out, you may have already been to. I think I might have. <laughs> uh, so ch- so Ali has been to the press conference. <laughs> but yeah, just make sure you check out football.london for all the latest news. And uh, thanks very much.